You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and on today's show to break down the last game of the season for the Chargers, John Kegley, one of the original members of the show, is going to be joining us today. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, and you can get 20% off your next order of the best protein bar on the planet. But before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. I also write for the LA Football Network, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. And now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys. Well, it is officially the off season, So maybe now it is our fourth season hosting the Locked On Chargers podcast. Happy to be back here with you guys on a victory Monday. The Chargers ended their season on a four-game winning streak against the Chiefs on Sunday, 38-21 to in dominant fashion. Welcome into all of our new listeners and a special thank you to all of our loyal listeners checking us out again today. And by the time you hear this, there might have been a decision on Anthony Lynn being the Chargers head coach in 2021. We are recording this Sunday night and there has been no word yet. The team and Lynn are supposed to speak tomorrow. So we're going to be getting into all of that to start the show and whether we think Anthony Lynn will be back for 2021 now that we've seen the season as a whole. The Chargers end up going 7-9 and nine on the year. And then the second and third segments, we're going to be getting into our full game recap. We'll be getting into the first half where the Chargers started off a little shaky, especially defensively, but ended up ending the half very strong, forcing a safety, getting a touchdown right before halftime, things we've been looking for the whole season. And at the end of the show, we'll get into the second half where the Chargers made it a little bit close for a second, but ended up pulling away for a dominant victory, even running the clock out at the end of the game against the Chiefs. So a lot to get into today. Let's go ahead and get into it. The Chargers ended up beating the Chiefs 38-21 to on Sunday, ending their season on a four-game winning streak. And now it's very hard to know what's going to happen. Obviously, in this game, Herbert was fantastic. Again, he had a bunch of records that we're going to talk about, but the Chargers find themselves in an odd place because they are one of the hotter teams in the NFL right now with that four-game win streak, but they probably are going to make a decision on Anthony Lynn as soon as tomorrow. So, I mean, I think that's where we start the show here, guys, because now we know the Chargers are 7-9. and Herbert gets a bunch of records, and the Chargers end up looking pretty good in their final game, obviously going up against a Chiefs backups. But, David, now that we're here, now that we've seen everything that Lynn has done over these past few years, now it's four total seasons for Lynn do you think, you know, tomorrow as people are hearing this show, Anthony Lynn is going to be the head coach of the Chargers? No, I don't. I think that there's been some, some reports coming from Jake Glazer saying that the Chargers are looking to move on from Anthony Lynn. And also, I just think that it's just too little too late. I mean, yeah, he ended the season on a four-game winning streak, but that was after the Chargers were already eliminated. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's good. Good to get the momentum for the young quarterback and to see him do all the amazing things that he's been able to do so far this season. But it just it's it's too late. I mean, in the beginning of the season, Daniel, I mean, several times where he's had huge leads, sixteen point leads, four times and blown those leads. I just think that you know his inability to make adjustments early in the season, it just 
you know, it's, it wasn't enough. And I, I think it's not just him that needs to go. I think it's got to be everyone. I think it's time to, to completely start over, um, knowing that you have a, a young quarterback uh, uh, locked up on a rookie deal. But I think they need to get some new fresh faces in there to, to really change the direction of this organization. So David does not think that Anthony Lynn will be the Chargers head coach after Monday. I think I'm leaning the same way. You won't know until after John Kegley gets in and gives his opinion on it. So, John, now we know. I mean, I think there's a big sentiment of it's too little, too late. And the Chargers, yes, were the first team in, I think, NFL history to blow four consecutive 16-point leads of something, at least since the merger. So, that was obviously pretty bad. But, John, obviously, I know what you want. You don't want Anthony Lynn to be the head coach going forward. But do you think the Chargers are actually going to do it? Or do you think they bring him back in 2021? Well, seeing as how they're also wanting people to stay season ticket holders as well, and the fan base is through the roof with wanting Lynn gone, I'm pretty sure if they brought Lynn back, there'd be a lot of people not wanting to go to games or watch games, for that matter, which is TV contracts are the big money too. So I feel like the Chargers will make that move. They already have the franchise QB. they got to capitalize on this opportunity after the season that's happened with blowing leads or even the past couple of years of blowing one possession leads. I mean, you've been in all these games, but you can't get over that hurdle. I think Anthony Lynn will be gone after this season. I think the rest of the team's coaches will as well. Tom Telesco might. That one's still up in the air. But I think they will start all, all over again and really try to take advantage of what they got. It's not very often that you go from Drew Brees to Phillip Rivers and now to Justin Herbert, and you already have like a, your next team's QB <laughs> That's really hard to do. The Cleveland yeah. Browns couldn't even get one for a long time, and they finally have Baker Mayfield, and he finally got them to the playoffs. With the Chargers, you were sitting there going, well, when Rivers is gone, we're going to be screwed for a few years. No, you got your guy. You have your guy. You Now you have to have a guy that can actually coach him and not say he's a backup for a reason or can actually teach an offensive line to block for him, can game plan the right way for him. It, it's going to happen in my mind. I think all of us are very hopeful that it does. I think we're all hoping the Chargers, you know, brass doesn't fall for the four-game winning streak and having it look super nice because even though you have, you know, great wins under quarterback Justin Herbert's belt, it's still too little, too late. You can't win the last four games, have a losing season, and still expect to look at that as a successful season. Rookie quarterback and all because your rookie played, you know, as well as any rookie in NFL history has ever played in their first season. So that's not really an excuse that holds up to me at all, especially because he put them in position to win games. I think he's going to be gone, but as Charger fans know, there's always that, you know, tickle in the back of your throat, so to speak, that something else might happen and the Chargers might just decide to give him another season. And I think what really hurts about that is the options that you might have this year, getting, you know, potentially a guy like Brian Dable to come in from the Buffalo Bills, who's their offensive coordinator right now, seeing what they did to the Dolphins, even with some backups in the game this this last weekend. I mean, to miss out on an opportunity like that, to see if you have the right guy in Anthony Lynn that has made a lot of those brutal decisions, I, I think would be a big missed opportunity. So I think all three of us at this point think he's going to be gone. I still hesitate to say I'm totally confident about it because it is still the Chargers. They still could surprise us. But let's get back it's to still this. still John Spanos running the show, right? I mean, yeah, we still got to be a little bit, bit skeptical that the Chargers are going to make the right decision, even though we all think it's pretty simple. Absolutely. But getting back to this game, obviously we'll get into the game recap, so we'll talk about a lot of the plays and stuff from this game. But this was another week where Justin Herbert had some records on the line 
He set some, David. He didn't quite get to another one, and that one definitely hurts. But it was nice to see Justin Herbert, I mean, ending with about as good of a regular season finale as you can ask for. I mean, averaging a ridiculous 9.7 yards per attempt. He throws for over 300 yards again, three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, 134.1 passer rating. I mean, across the board, he had just an outstanding game. But he also put himself in even more records and definitely solidified his resume for the Offensive Rookie of the Year even more. No question about it. I think Daniel Popper uh, put out a list that really kind of shows all the incredible things that Justin Herbert was able to do this season and all the records that he set in this game. Total touchdowns, 36. Passing touchdowns, 31. Completions, 396. 300-yard passing games with 8. 10 multi-touchdown games and 6 3-TD passing games. He was only 39 yards away from the passing yards record as well. But I think we can confidently say here, after seeing Justin Herbert in 15 games, that we've seen one of the best rookie quarterback seasons in NFL history. And it's not even just that, too. I mean, it's also just looking at something that John said. Like, you've got the quarterback of the future. And I think that's more important than Offensive Rookie of the Year award, which obviously he should win, even though Justin Jefferson's season has been outstanding. I mean, you're picking the best rookie quarterback or, you know, one of the best rookie wide receivers. It's a tough choice, but I think it's going to lean quarterback. I would have to think if, you know, given the history, I mean, Saquon Barkley over Baker Mayfield that season, I think he had, you know, pretty freakish season as well. But I think this time they'll get it right. And go with Justin Herbert. But to think about other teams like the Jets. I mean, was Mark Sanchez even really the answer? Even with two AFC title games? Maybe. I mean, I don't think Mark Sanchez was great. You look at the Bears. You look at all these teams that can't find their quarterbacks. I mean, even the Dolphins. Do you think Dolphins fans, you know, even though they're really mad and loud on Twitter, do you think they're not scared a little bit from what they've seen from Tua, especially after that last game? So just knowing that you have that in the bank, John, and knowing that you got that decision right. I mean, I think that has to be kind of the takeaway from this season was just you getting that pick right. Now, unlike all these other teams, you don't have to go from a good quarterback and wonder where the next you know few years are going to take you. I mean, you just already locked it up. Well, and you didn't just find this guy like the last three games of the season either. It wasn't, well, the season's done. Spinch Tyrod and go Herbert like we thought we would. You got to see 15 games of Justin Herbert and what he's capable of. And you're really confident that this is the quarterback of the future. You found it. You don't have to worry about anything else but maybe a backup QB. <laughs> but you have Easton Stick that you invested in. So you have one year of that, maybe two years of that. Now it's just about building around him. Can you do that? Can you get that offensive line ready so he's not leading the league and passes under pressure? <laughs> he had some. He had a really good QB rating and passing yards and passing TDs under pressure this whole year. Can you change that? Can you make sure he has weapons around him? You found Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson this year. Can you do something with Keenan Allen to keep him healthy? Does Mike Williams come back? If he doesn't, do you find his replacement on the roster? There's a lot of things that you got to do here for him. I think another big takeaway from this season has got to be that you have found two young wide receivers in Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson who can make plays now. You don't have to spend major money in free agency for these guys. If you can bring Mike Williams back cheap, you don't have to spend a draft pick on another big playmaker. After you got rid of Travis Benjamin, you found your new guys. I mean, Jalen Guyton had a bad game today, but before, the rest of the season, he's been pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, he's been their big play threat most of the season. And obviously, you know, when you go over four, 
on four targets, you don't end up getting a reception and you drop a easy deep ball touchdown, a 50 plus yarder. I mean, that is obviously brutal, but Mike Williams also had a big game six for one away. Unfortunately for Mike Williams, he's either 15 million in 2021 or he's nothing. I mean, that's just what it costs because of his rookie wage scale. But I do think that the Chargers have to be happy, at least with the Justin Herbert part of it. The rest of the offensive line, even a lot of the defense, I mean, they have huge questions going into next season. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they go about it. Will Tom Telesco be there to oversee it? Will they have a new head coach that's going to try to bring players in to fit a new philosophy? I mean, there's so many things that are still up in the air and we'll probably have a better idea, honestly, even by tomorrow. And if Lynn does get fired Tomorrow and Monday, you know, as you're hearing this, I mean, we'll try to get an early show out just to get our reactions to that, but we'll have to wait and see. But we have two more segments to get into. I do want to get into some of the biggest plays from this one because there was a lot of excitement when you score 38 points. I mean, there's definitely some big plays along the way. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. It is now playoff time, guys. There are still games to bet on, and betonline.ag is the one place that we trust, and it's the one place that has you covered. You guys can sign up right now for a free account at betonline. .ag and there's going to be so much more action you guys don't want to miss out on. Now that the Chargers are out of things, there's still ways to make these games even more exciting if the NFL playoffs aren't enough for you. I mean, prop bets on all of these games are going to be crazy. A lot of weird matchups because of the new playoff format. So much action and not even just that. I mean, we have basketball season back now as well that you can bet on. But when you guys get on with betonline.ag, if you sign up for that free account at betonline.ag, you can use the promo code locked on all caps, one word, for your 50% welcome bonus. That's locked on all caps, one word for that 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into a game recap. And the Chargers obviously put up a lot of points in this one. And that's something, you know, we had been waiting for for the entire season. We knew the Chargers kind of had this potential on offense, especially with Justin Herbert being there at quarterback. And the crazy part is it could have been even more explosive. There are still some missed opportunities. But the Chargers in the first half ended up getting off to a hot start. But it didn't look like it was going to really be a good game for the Chargers. I was starting to get flashback of some of those old Chiefs games where you're going up against Chase Daniels and the rest of the Kansas City backups. That was not the case in this one. But early on, it was hard to tell because the Chiefs ended up going down the field on their first drive. Chad Henney was making it look easy. They go seven plays, 56 yards, and get the touchdown. Chad Henney was six for six, perfect on the drive, and scores the touchdown to Byron Pringle. But to the Chargers defense, they do come back and answer that right away. I mean, Justin Herbert was dicing up this second-team defense all day, and on the Chargers' first drive, they go 12 plays, 75 yards, and this was another example of Herbert's athleticism and you know his smarts kind of paying off for him, John. The play doesn't seem like much, but Herbert ends up buying some time in the pocket. He ends up going through, it looks like, about 17 progressions. He starts on the right side, gets all the way back to the left side with Donald Parham, who has a defender, who has his back to Herbert. He passes it to Donald Parham, who's obviously giant. He makes a man miss and gets easily into the end zone. The Chargers tie it up 7-7. to it took all year for us to see this, but it, it's better, I guess, what, better late than never, even though it's a bunch, bunch of second stringers. But you actually got to see Herbert lead the team down the field the whole drive. And you saw how much he's learned throughout the year on that play, being able to make all his progressions, make his reads, and then find a guy based on what it, you're just making a read on what the defender is doing. When the defender 
has his back turned, there's less chance of interception. Take your chance. Herbert did it a few times in this game, and they were pretty decent reads, even though sometimes he could have thrown the ball quicker on some of the plays. But on this one, it's a nice read after making his progressions, and even better play by Parham. He made that guy look like he was on ice, just one little hop step to get in. Parham might have a nice future if he's making plays like that in the open space. Whoop! Yeah, I mean, it was Parham and it was also Steven Anderson that both, I mean, really have stepped up in the absence of Hunter Henry over the last couple of weeks. I'm not saying don't resign Hunter Henry, but these guys, it's nice to see them stepping up with the opportunities. The Chargers didn't end up even facing a third down on that drive. And Herbert matches Henny's six for six. He goes 53 yards and gets the touchdown as well. It was going to be the first of four total touchdowns for Herbert on the day. But it looked like it was going to be a barn burner because the Chiefs on their second drive go 12 plays, 72 yards, get the touchdown, 14 to make it 14 to 7. And I was like, what is the final score of this game going to be? Because even the Chiefs backups, I mean, obviously a well-coached offense, they were taking advantage of some you know problems in the Chargers defense. And they end up getting burned on a 17-yard wide receiver screen to McCole Hardman. Actually, Nazir Adderley ended up making a pretty nice tackle on that one. But then Darwin Thompson, after they get down to the goal line, ends up getting the one-yard touchdown. And the Chargers looked like they were going to stall out on their next drive. And that was really frustrating. But this time, they actually have some good special teams luck, David, because after the Chargers end up almost having the most frustrating drive ever because Jalen Guyton drops what would have been a 52-yard touchdown from Justin Herbert that actually would have given him the record over Andrew Luck in passing yards. It was the exact difference, 39 yards, according to Daniel Popper. So that was very frustrating. But they get the ball back on a muffed punt by McCole Hardman. They end up getting on it. Joe Reed recovers it, and they take advantage. I mean, it's all the things we've wanted all season. They're all happening you know, in this game, making plays on special teams. And not only that, you get the ball back. You go four plays, 17 yards, and then you end up finding Austin Eckler on a wide receiver screen, basically, with the four-yard touchdown to tie the game. Yeah, I mean, first of all, i got to get back to John Guyton. Jalen, you got to catch that ball, man. That ball is right in your hands. It could not have been placed any better 50-plus yards down the field while he's falling, while Justin Herbert's falling back. Just an effortless, beautiful throw, and you just you just let it go straight through your hands. I mean, that's a heartbreaker, man. I mean, that, that's, what, that's what they brought you in for, right? You know, the blazing speed. You're supposed to be able to be the guy that stretches the field, and you let that one just go. I mean, that... That one hurt. I mean, when I when I watched that one over, that one hurt. Yeah, and the Chargers get that touchdown to really, you know, keep going with the Chiefs and show them, I mean, we're going to be here. If you're going to score, we're going to score. And then on the Chiefs' next drive, they end up having to punt. They go three and out. Uh, the Chargers almost blew it once again with a defensive penalty on third and seven. They go offsides. They're end, they end up being able to make the play on third and two to get off the field, and the Chargers on their next drive, go for it finally in the big situations after you know getting all the way down to the goal line. They go 15 plays, 77 yards, and on fourth and goal from the two, the Chargers run a quarterback draw, basically. Herbert looks like he gets into the end zone on review. It looked like his knee is down. They called it a touchdown. I don't know how they had enough to overturn it. I mean, they obviously thought they had a good enough angle, but... I like the fact that Anthony Lynn went for it there. I know John will tell you that, you know, he did not get into the end zone. I thought that he didn't as well. I mean, it was close, but at the same time, I just didn't know if they had enough to overturn it. But this is why you go for it in these situations because the Chargers come right back and they force a safety to get two points and the ball back with an opportunity to score before halftime, John. And that was like one of those things where it's like, 
See, you went for it and it didn't totally bite you in the ass, even though you didn't get it. And that's why you take those opportunities right there, because now not only were you able to go for it and show your team, you know, too late, obviously, that you have the balls to go for it in that situation. But even though you didn't get it, it still ended up as a positive. Yeah, again, you waited all year and they had to do it against second and third stringers to finally do what we've been asking for all year. You were taking shots in this game deep. You were letting Herbert run the offense. And now you went for it on fourth and goal from the two. And, yeah, you didn't get it. But you put your defense in a good situation to get a stop so you'd have another chance to score again. And the Chiefs don't have a chance to score. Whereas if you kick a field goal, now the Chiefs have the whole field to work with afterward. Right. You actually pinned them back, and the defense made the stop. And it was the guy who's trying to get that Walter, Walter Payton Man of the Year award, Isaac Rochelle, making the play for the safety. And now you have two points, and you get the ball back. And you let Herbert run that offense again to get the Chargers down the field again. It's kind of like, you know, we've been knowing what we've been talking about all year when we keep asking <laughs> for the same thing and Lynn keeps going with what he wants to do. I, mean, I don't know. Do he we have the coaching staff? Do we have the coach, the future coaching staff on this podcast right now? I mean, do we have <laughs> Daniel Wade as the GM and me, head coach, and we have David, David the water running? Boy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hold on now hold on now I, I, I saw you two conspiring on twitter about this earlier and i was no, like that was Zach. where do Zach i fit in, in this organization yeah no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> david the water boy i like i like the sound of that is that but does that mean he comes in at linebacker and destroys people like halfway through the season because i'll take it yeah, I mean, that's what Denzel up here. Just call me Bobby really Boucher. Deep down. I mean, he wants you to stay hydrated. And I think, you know, he got that done. How about that hit by Denzel Perryman at the beginning of the game? We didn't talk about that, but he set the tone early on that hit on the tight end on like a little, you know, quick play. I mean, he absolutely drilled that guy. Now John Kegley has to buy his jersey. But it was nice to see the Chargers, you know, saying like having that see Anthony Lynn kind of moment at the end of that first half because not only did they go for it, even though they didn't get it, it almost worked out better because they get the safety, they go up 16-14, to 14, and on their next play and on their next drive, they go all the way down and get a touchdown to add on to the lead before halftime to make it 24-14. to 14. This time, Herbert ends up getting in on the quarterback sneak. Justin Jackson gets a nice little two-point conversion on a little angle route where he ends up looking like he's just going to run into the flats. He cuts back inside. Easy two points. Chargers just going for that two-point was actually nice because that analytically is not something they have done consistently. But Austin Eckler did get injured on the drive, and that was obviously a big bummer just because we all know how good Austin Eckler is. I mean, obviously this season is one that I'm sure he wishes he could come back and he would have made a difference in if he could have played in more games, but... It was a big hit. It ended up being a penalty that set the Chargers up, and then Mike Williams got a penalty called on the defense as well with a defensive pass interference. But definitely feel for Austin Eckler. I mean, I think he more than lived up to that contract extension, and I'm very excited to see what's going to happen next season when he's fully healthy because now after you know getting a concussion like he did in this game, now he has so much time to rest. But the Chargers end up going into the half with a 24 to 14 lead, but they'd been in this situation so many times that we were really wondering if they were going to blow it to the Chiefs backups and give up another big lead, but they didn't. And we'll get into all of those plays coming up right after this. But first I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet. I am talking about built bar. It's the only protein bar that I eat because they come in so many flavors. I never get tired of them. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, peanut butter, banana bread, so many to pick from. And they're all hundred percent covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. 
I tell you guys all the time, I mean, if it doesn't taste good, I'm just not going to eat it. So when you find a protein bar like Built Bar that tastes good and is good for you, you stick with it. And we can actually save you guys some money on Built Bars right now. If you guys go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. It doesn't even have to be your first order. Any order with Built Bar with the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, you can get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into the final segment, really, of the last game of the season, and it's really been a rush, especially with Justin Herbert. I mean, this season has been such a weird season, but to have Justin Herbert, you know, take over in week two and just to watch his development over the next, you know, 15 weeks or 16 weeks of the NFL season, I mean, it was just absolutely crazy. So glad we were all together to witness it, and now we can all, you know, even as the season's ending, have something to look forward to, and I thought there were some growing moments from this roster in this second half of this game because we were all wondering whether the Chargers were going to let the Chiefs get back into the game and make it close at the end, but we just never know how it's going to end up happening. So the Chargers get the ball back with a chance to really, you know, take great control of the game with the touchdown. They end up going seven plays for 12 yards, and you're probably wondering how you can go seven plays and get 12 yards. Well, Herbert and Guyton couldn't connect on a deep ball once again. I know John Kegley said, I mean, that's a, on Guyton. It was kind of a bad throw, but you'd still hope Jalen Guyton could come down with that ball on the sideline. I don't think he took a good approach to the ball. I think he kind of made it more difficult on himself than it needed to be, but it would have been another automatic touchdown because on the play, broke his femur. So obviously prayers to him. I mean, he had an opportunity after really not playing all season long to kind of show up and then on that play to watch it go down like that in his last game of this season while he's trying to get a contract was definitely brutal, especially an injury like that. But Herbert and Guyton out of sync again. I mean, <laughs> four targets, zero catches on the day, but that was another really tough one to watch. And then Herbert gets sacked on second and third down to bring up fourth and 26. So just about the worst offensive possession that you could start with. But the Chargers ended up getting the momentum back, David, because even though they let the Chiefs go 13 plays and go 62 yards, the Chargers force a turnover on downs. And what was really impressive is it was third and fourth and one where the Chargers made a stop. On third and one, the Chiefs tried to throw it. They didn't end up getting it. And then on fourth and one, they handed it off to Darwin Thompson. And they made a huge stop in an area the Chargers aren't usually very strong in. Yeah, and I believe it was that man, Denzel Perriman, again. Just, I mean, doing what he does best, shooting through the gap and making a big play and making a play on fourth down. I mean, this is what Denzel, this is where Denzel Perriman is at his best when he's able to have a guy like Lin, Linval Joseph clog up the middle and allow him to go shoot the gap and make the play. So, I mean, a, definitely a, another momentum turn for the Chargers. And it seemed like instead of all, all the times where it went against them this season, they were actually getting those plays to go for them in this one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was really nice to see. I mean, that. The credit for that play goes to Limbaugh, Joseph, Denzel Perriman, and even Kenneth Murray, you know, got in at the end to make sure he wasn't getting any extra yards. So that was a nice play. It makes up for the play where by it makes up for the play where Thompson absolutely shook Denzel Perriman out of his shoes along the sideline on a catch. But we don't have to talk about that because Perriman's had a good year. But it was great to see because that was a huge momentum shift in the game. If the Chargers game were to go downhill, it would have started with that play, letting them get that and probably end up scoring a touchdown or at least a field goal in that situation. So I thought it was a huge turning point, and the Chargers took advantage of it once again, and they went down the field and finally found the big play they were looking for all game, John. I know we've talked about just 
It was nice to see the Chargers actually attacking teams downfield because good things usually happen, especially when it's Justin Herbert. Like the deep ball almost never goes against him. He's almost never throwing an interception in that situation. They were looking for it all game and they found it with Mike Williams after another slip defender finds himself wide open for a 48 yard touchdown. It's amazing what happens when you let Herbert throw the ball deep. Yeah. We asked for it all year in this game. Jalen Guyton had a deep one. He dropped it, but it was there. Mike Williams has this one. When you set up these plays as well, it works. You you set these up. A lot of these plays were set up from running the short passes. You set these plays up. Kind of, kind of something else we've been asking for all year. Make all the plays flow, and look what happened. It's wide open for the touchdown. It's kind of It's kind of weird. That it's Mike Williams that's doing all this to, in this game when his contract's about to be up and you got to pick up that option. What? Ha- where was this the whole rest of the year, Mike? <laughs> you, you haven't really been catching all those intermediate routes, you know? Like, you've had your games, but you have also haven't had your games where you're just quiet. Last game of the year, you finally show up. Are you really trying to get that $15 million? I mean, it's kind of like he's been taking a slow year. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell, honestly. I mean, just because the things that... I think are stopping him from getting the targets So the things that we've always known about Mike Williams, which is he's not a great separator. And if you're going to throw him the balls, the ones he's most effective on, and even not at really a great efficiency is the deep balls. Like he makes explosive plays, but if you're not giving him those targets down the field to out jump people, his stats are pretty normal. And I think that was, you know, Justin Herbert's attempt to just kind of float one up and let him go get it because obviously the defender falls down. So you don't really know how close he would have been. But it was nice to see the trust there that he would target him on that type of play. And obviously, probably had a little bit more trust in him at that point than Jalen Guyton, who uh, it just wasn't working out with when they were targeting him deep down the field. But, John, also I want to get your thoughts just because I saw on Twitter, you're like, is this the choke drop coming? Because on the next drive, the Chiefs got back into it with a lot of time left in the fourth quarter. They come back and tie it up. And there was another one of those pivotal moments, and it was Byron Pringle on third and eight picking up 31 yards on a catch and run. But it wasn't just that. It was breaking five tackles. And they ended up cutting it to 10 with a ton of time left for the Chargers to melt down. Yeah, I posted right when we took that 31-14 lead. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, there's that 16-plus point lead again. (laughs) We know what's coming. (laughs) You can just hear like hell's bells in the background playing as I'm saying that too. And then that very next drive, when he makes all those missed tackles, I'm like, there it is. That's that's the play that always ruins us every game. There's that one play that changes the mm-hmm. tide. I'm like, are we about well, to even choke the again? short pass to Darwin Thompson, that was way too easy for that eight-yard touchdown. Oh, yeah, way too easy. But the, the play where Pringles broke all the tackles is that one play where you're just like, mm-hmm. here we go. This is it. This is where the tide changes. I, st- I was starting to get really worried because at first I was like, you know, they're actually flowing pretty well. This game's actually going the way we've been asking. I mean, it's a bunch of second and third stringers, but – it's the game plan we've been asking for. It's just flowing pretty well. Then I saw that play, and I was like, oh, no, don't tell me this is about to happen. <laughs> right, and then to the Chargers' credit, I mean, these are the things that have been going their way. I mean, on the next play, on the next drive, they don't get complacent, and this was a nice one to see because they end up going six plays, 77 yards to get a touchdown, and it was really two big plays. Tyron Johnson ends up getting a 27-yard catch, and remember, he catches it on the boundary, Turns back in and picks up a nice chunk gain. I loved seeing that from him. He scared me when he ran behind a first down earlier in the game where I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Be careful running backwards, young buck. But 
he did make a huge play there. And then Justin Jackson with some great blocking by the wide receivers and tight ends. He ends up getting the edge for a 34 yard gain, getting down to the one yard line. I felt for him not getting the touchdown. Kalen Balaj ends up getting it, but that was huge to see. I mean, this was it's so frustrating because you see a game like this from Justin Jackson. And you're like, oh, this is why, you know, we were so excited about him. And just the injuries have kept him off the field. But you understand why he keeps sticking around because he just has like that explosiveness. Like Josh Kelly doesn't have those kind of runs really in his arsenal. The way he got to this edge, the way he, you know, tiptoed down the sideline and made a couple of people miss. I mean, he has that big boy threat that Josh Kelly doesn't bring. But that was a huge drive. And then the Chargers ended up. Going, holding the Chiefs to a three and out on the next one. That really ended the game. But it was nice, David, to see the Chargers end the whole game just by going nine plays, 47 yards. Steven Anderson gets another nice play, gets the 18-yard catch. But the Chargers just running out the final five minutes and 24 seconds of the game. Yeah, I mean, it was nice to see them being able to at least dictate and, and dominate and, and really close out the football game. But I definitely would have been happy they if didn't they go for the record Herbert yeah exactly <laughs> they would have gave Herbert the opportunity to throw for it I mean he's only 39 yards away damn it I mean why not right why not give the kid the record I mean you got all the other records for him why couldn't you get this one but yeah I mean from a pure football standpoint yes I mean that's how you want it to look like right there you want to dictate and dominate and move the ball down the field and just drain all that clock out that's what the Chargers did and and they did that to their fourth straight victory well, and they they reacted to that Chiefs touchdown drive that made it 31-21, the way we've been asking them to attack the those, uh, I guess you call them adversity pl- drives, if you will, the ones that just start sure. putting the pressure on you. They reacted the way we wanted to. They came back, and they went Huge. down the field. They went for the, the deep strikes. They moved the ball down the field, were aggressive. And then when you get the ball back after stopping the Chiefs, you controlled the game clock. You were aggressive. You didn't run the ball three times, hoping to run out the clock and punt it back like you had the rest of the season. Yeah, and credit to Justin Jackson who had a couple of nice five-yard runs at the end there to really seal the game. But it was obviously the big catch by Steven Anderson on second and 12. The Chargers could have tried to run it again on second and 12. They didn't. They threw it. They ended up getting 18 yards from Steven Anderson. And that was really the dagger of you know the Chiefs' chances of at least maybe getting another shot on that one. But it's always nice. When you get to end the game with Justin Herbert kneeling down, unfortunately, (laughs) that's kind of the misleading stats of the game, right? So without Justin Herbert's kneels at the end of the game, the Chargers ran 32 times for an average of 4.3 yards per carry. With the kneel downs, it's 3.9 yards per carry. It looks a lot different. Uh, But that just goes to show you, I mean, how much those kind of stats can change and how you kind of have to watch the game to figure it out. Not that the Chargers running offense was that great, but... That's going to wrap things up for today's show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow for the ever-important Will Anthony Lynn still be the Chargers head coach show. I mean, tomorrow is Black Monday. We'll, we will be back with you guys. We'll have a show out tomorrow night for you at the very latest to tell you what happens with Anthony Lynn and give you kind of our first reactions to that. So make sure you guys check back in with us then. Really excited for all of the off-season projects we have coming up and some of the things that we want to get into now that the Chargers season is over. A lot to be excited about, a lot to look forward to. So we hope you guys take that journey with us and really experience, you know, the going into Justin Herbert's era as the Chargers know now that they have their franchise quarterback. But until then, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page of Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us 
whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from, you can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. We'd appreciate it if you guys would rate and review it too if you like the show because that always helps us out. But I want to know what you guys are thinking about the end of this season. If you guys want to get your voicemails on the show, we'll definitely have some voicemail calls this week. We already have some of them, but we're going to be getting into more now that we're not on such a tight schedule. The number is 323-524-7924. And every Chargers voicemail we try to get on the show. So we'll be back with you guys tomorrow to tell you our reactions to whether or not the Chargers keep head coach Anthony Lynn. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.